Thank you, Father, for your word, and thank you for Jesus. The word became flesh who has dwelt among us, and we have beheld your glory, and we praise you, Lord, for sending your Son to be the Savior of the world, for giving us life, for forgiving our sins, for showing your love and demonstrating it through his death on the cross. Thank you for showing your power and his resurrection and the life that we have through him, and thank you that he is the greatest gift we could ever receive, and may we share him, may we proclaim him and rejoice in your salvation and in your love and goodness to us all, in Jesus' name, amen. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, we're going to look through a few different scriptures today. It's just, Christmas is a great time to consider Christ and how he is so unique, so awesome in every way. And Jesus is unique in that we celebrate his birth and his death. That's quite rare because typically the people that we celebrate their birth and we celebrate their birthdays, we mourn their passing. And the cruel dictator who finally goes the way of the earth, people rejoice and wish that he had maybe never been born. But Jesus, we celebrate his birth and his death because he rose from the dead in eternal glory and power. And he's also unique in that he existed before he was born. He is God made flesh. And the, his death was not his end. It wasn't the end of him because three days later he rose from the dead and he ascended to the Father. It's Jesus whom we celebrate today, really the greatest gift ever given and from whom all good gifts come. And giving gifts, that's a, a common tradition in many cultures during the time of Christmas. And it's different than a birthday party or like a wedding where it's like, you're not guessing when you see that table at the wedding who those gifts are for. Right? It's the, bri it's the bride and groom. It's the new couple. Their gifts are going to be for them. At a birthday party, you don't wonder when you see a stack of bags and letters or cards and say, I wonder if one of those is for me. Right? It's their birthday. It's not your birthday. So you're not expecting to receive anything. But Christmas is different because there's usually gifts for a multitude of people. Many people. And I remember being a kid at grandma's house and poking around at the gifts under the tree. Very nonchalant. You know, very kind of, oh, what's this? Oh, what's under here? Oh, I see. And you're looking for your name, right? You're, you're saying, which one of these might be for me? And you start looking forward to that. And labeling presents is really important. Because if you're like some people who do shopping long before Christmas, you may forget the gift that you're giving someone. You may forget who it's for. And if you wrap a whole heap of presents, then you're, you're like, okay, now. Not all presents are the same, and not all people are the same. And who, who does this go to? And so it's important to label them. When we see that wrapped gift, it provokes curiosity of what could be inside. Sometimes there isn't much suspense, but God never has kept us in suspense when he sent his son in giving his, his son Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes in Bethlehem, laid in a manger. Paul wrote of the grace of God in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. God is a, a greater gift than we can describe or fully appreciate because he is glorious and good. He's exactly what we need. So part of the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, it says that Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem according to the decree of Caesar Augustus, that the whole world was to be taxed. And while they were there, Mary gave birth to her firstborn son, Jesus. They laid him in a manger or feeding trough because there was no room in the inn. 
And in Matthew 1.18, we have the background of this miraculous birth. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph and Mary, they were betrothed. They were legally married, yet they weren't living together. When suddenly Mary is with child and Joseph was of a mind to divorce her secretly um, to avoid bringing scandal upon her by being pregnant before they were together and before the wedding, that was, um, you know, unheard of in those days. And so I, he pondered the right course of action. In a dream, an angel spoke to him and said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. What's conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And he was told to name the child Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. I like that he has people. And he's just been born because he is the king of the Jews. He is the king of kings. Now, Jesus, it means the Lord is salvation. Emmanuel, God with us, had come, was named Jesus. And it's amazing that God would come to earth as a baby. Now, when we hear someone has had a baby, we're very happy for them because it's their baby, right? They have received a gift from God that they are responsible to clothe and to feed and to be up all hours of the night to care for when that baby's testing out its lungs. He or she is not in our bedroom. And so for that, we are glad. And uh, when the nappies need changing, they are responsible because it's their child. As we read what happened in the fields of Bethlehem, though, it's clear that Jesus was not just born to Joseph and Mary. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Two books to the right. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The same night that Jesus was born, there were shepherds in the field watching their flocks, and they were shocked when they had this angelic vision, these messengers from God telling them, heralding the coming of Jesus, the Savior. And these were good tidings for all people. 
And get this, the angel says, there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus wasn't just born to Mary and Joseph, but also to these shepherds who were in the field. Now, what would you say if someone said there was a baby born to you? That would be very odd, right? Very strange. Now, when we do birthday shopping or Christmas shopping, we do shopping for people. They might write a list of gifts that they would like to receive or things they need. And, and sometimes we see something that's not even on the list. We go, this is the perfect thing. And we buy it for them. And we look forward to them receiving it. So having procured the gift for the person, we give it to the person. And then the third step is them actually to open it, to receive it and decide to keep it and not just take it back to the shops for a refund, right? That's part of receiving the gift is keeping the gift. And it was important that the shepherds realized the Messiah was not just born for them, but to them. He was born to them for them to take action, for them to receive him, for them to seek him. It wasn't just for their benefit. He was born to them. And they understood the message. They realized they needed to find this Jesus. They needed to go find this baby in a manger somewhere in Bethlehem that God had revealed to them which they did find him and they glorified God and praised him for the things they had heard and seen. Jesus was born to them. They responded by faith, by seeking him. And they found him in lying in a feeding trough and he is the bread of life. Jesus was born to more people than just the shepherds. We read in Isaiah that God promised to send a Messiah to save and to govern his people in Isaiah Chapter 9, verse 2, it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So Jesus was not just born to Mary and Joseph, not just to the shepherds, but unto us, people who are in darkness, people who are sinners, who have needs for salvation. He has come. He has been born to us, one that will rule forever. He has increase of government, peace, of no end established with justice and judgment. And this is something that no government, no person, no legislation or party can accomplish. It's the zeal of the Lord who would bring this peace, this peace that endures. We read in the Bible that Jesus came to those who were in darkness, to those who are hungry, to those who are thirsty, to those who are weary and burdened, to those who are sick, to sinners, that's who he has come to, to save us. And it's in him that we find rest for our souls. So turn to the words of Jesus. Now in John chapter three, starting at verse 14, and Jesus spoke these words as an adult. So he was grown up, he was in ministry, and this is something he said. John three, verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. He was a Jewish ruler. And he says, we know you've come from God because of the mighty signs that you have done. And Jesus explained that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So all who believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So through faith in Christ, lost sinners are found. They're miraculously restored and reconciled to relationship with God that our sin made impossible. Jesus alluded there to a serpent in the wilderness. We read of this in numbers 21 early in Israel's history. After God brought them out of Egypt, there was this period where they were complaining and murmuring against God and they were complaining about the food. They despised the bread God had given them. And this is what happened in numbers 21 verse six through nine. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against you pray to the Lord that he would take the serpents away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. So anyone that was bitten by a snake, uh, it, it, they began to die and it took death for them to realize that they needed to repent. And they asked God to remove the snakes instead of removing the snakes. God made a way for them to be healed and for them to be made whole. He had Moses put this snake, this bronze image on a pole. And if anyone looked at it, they would be healed. They would live. If you felt a sting in your leg and you looked down and there were, you know, two fang marks there, or you're reaching for something in the cupboard and something, what was, oh no, this is bad. I see evidence that I have been bitten by a snake and I see the snake. So what would you do? Well, if you heard that there was a way that you could be healed and that your wound was deadly, you could look upon that snake and you would live. By the time you can read and understand, you know that the gifts under the tree, they have people's names on them. It's just a little scribble with a pen or pencil with letters that you recognize in an order. And you're like, that one's for me. And you know that you're only allowed to open the presents, your presents, at the right time. I had a friend when I was little, his younger brother got up while it was still dark and he opened all the presents. So there's a lot of rushing around and trying to hide stuff and rewrap things. And he was just too young. He didn't understand. He, he thought it was all for him, but it wasn't all for him. Jesus said he'd be lifted up like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Death is a result of sin. And it's the wounds of Jesus. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions. And it's like when we look upon him and his nail scarred hands, his brow that was pierced with the crown of thorns, his side, his feet pierced for us. It's like my name is written there because I am a sinner. I have lied. I have stolen things. I am under the curse of death in my sin. And he took that for me. 
And so when you look at Christ, you can know he is a gift for you, not just for you. He's been given to you for you to respond and to receive and to rejoice in him. Will you receive him? It's like, because I am covetous and envious and proud and deceitful, because we look at ourselves and we see that we are not perfect before God. We see in Christ the remedy for our sin and the, the chance of restoration and new life through faith in him. Jesus is a savior born to you today. Today is a great reminder of the greatest gift ever given. So you can look to him, believing that restoration and salvation is for you. Not just for someone else. It's for you to receive. It's for you to seek Jesus. It's for you to follow him in obedience. God caused the little baby to be born to bring light to all who are in darkness. To give us life when we are in the shadow of death. Unto us a son is born. Unto us that child has been given. The Messiah the Savior, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So congratulations, young and old. Unto you is born this day a Savior, one who can forgive you, redeem you, guide you through this life, not just for you. He doesn't just exist for your benefit, but he's born to you that we would recognize him and seek him and rejoice. He wore our sin so that we could wear a robe of righteousness by faith in him. So having received him, let us be thankful. Let us rejoice in his goodness toward us all. And may we lift our voices like those angels who said, glory to God on the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And may his light, of that righteous light, shine through us as we rejoice in the countenance of his love. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for sending us a savior. Thank you that unto us, a child is born and you have given him so we could have life. That if we would believe, we can be forgiven. We can walk in wisdom. You send comfort and help and perfect peace to us that you promised. And we thank you, Lord, that you are so good to us. And uh, show us, Lord, our need. Show us that really our names are written really inscribed upon the Lord's hands, that he is a gift for us to receive, that we should run to in trouble, and that we should not depart when things are going well, but we should abide in him and walk in his light and cause his light to shine through us. And thank you, Lord, that the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this, that it's not by working that we are saved or that we can do good, but because you are good and you are glorious and you are a savior and a deliverer and you rejoice to redeem. Lord, thank you that you are good, that you are merciful, loving, just, righteous, and true. Lord, we rejoice in you. We praise your holy name, and may our hearts be filled with uh, joy to exalt you and to proclaim you now and forever in Jesus' name. Amen.